Welcome back to the 859 Insider Podcast. I'm your co-host, co-founder of the website, Noah Ziegler, alongside my good friend, co-host, co-founder of the website, Adam Conradi. Adam, I, I'm sure, you know, this isn't a college basketball podcast, but I'm sure you're still riding the high from what happened yesterday, which if you're in the 859, you definitely heard what happened yesterday. Northern Kentucky, big win over the University of Cincinnati. And for our listeners out there, Adam, an NKU student, soon to be graduate, and I'm a, a lifelong UC Bearcat fan. So um, very interesting, very interesting. We have very different opinions on, um, or not opinions, I guess, on the game, but very different reactions to the game. But Adam, we're going to talk about, I guess, for on uh, you know, a, of the same vein of how I feel about the Cincinnati Bearcats is a similar story to what happened in 859 football this weekend. Not for everybody, but uh, it wasn't pretty. But how are you doing before we jump into these games and then talk a little bit about what's on on tap for next week? Yeah, I'm still riding that high, as you mentioned, from that big NKU win last night. Uh, Program-defining win. Only been D1 for six years now. We've been making the tournament at a pretty good rate. But we hadn't had that, you know, big signature win over a quality opponent and in a non-conference play. We came pretty close, I believe it was to Arkansas last year, two years ago. And it feels good to finally get that win, and especially over a, a in-city or close nearby rivalry rival in the region. That's absolutely huge to get a win over UC. And now they have a series going, so hopefully that can be competitive for from here on out. Shout out yeah. to yeah, and shout out to Highlands grad Sam Vincent for a great game mm-hmm. last night. Getting mm-hmm. Big shout out to him as, as, as much as, you know, as the Bearcat in me doesn't like to say that, but obviously Sam Vincent putting on for the A59, that's really good. Uh, I joked with my dad on the phone last night. I said, you know, all these years of us growing up of guys on or people on the other side of the river from Cincinnati who say Kentucky is not a part of Cincinnati. I think it's our turn to, you know, for UC to whip that out and say, no, 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 no. Kentucky's not a part of Cincinnati. So NKU doesn't count as a Cindy rivalry. I don't know. But I also heard I was listening to a podcast this morning with Chad Brendel, who made it seem like his his thoughts were that the remaining two games of the agreement would not happen. And I really hope that doesn't actually happen. I really hope Cincinnati and NKU continue playing. That was that was again, I'm saying this even though my team lost, but that was very fun. I think they need to do that more because it does. It only does good for NKU to get that sort of what, what's the word I'm looking for? The you know the just the I guess exposure. publicity might yeah. exposure. That's it. Perfect. Um, just it, it's good for them. And and it was that their first Power Five win because I know Bellarmine when they beat Louisville. Sorry to <laughs> uh, that was their first power five win, but, or I, I don't know if it was since going D one or if it was first power five at all, but uh, was that NKU's first power five win? I want to say it was uh, shoot. Only- I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Yeah. No, it can't be a power five win because they're in the Americans. Oh, yeah, still. true. Yeah. Power six. In college <laughs> yeah. Basketball. Yeah. God, the worst. They're, they're in the big 12 tactic. next year. So, yeah, <laughs> I need to meet the American athletic conference marketer because for them to say, Oh yeah, we're power six. Like, come on. Uh, <laughs> I see everyone gets what you're trying to do, but the, at this, at this rate, exactly. (laughs) At this rate, the Sun Belt is going to replace the American as the best group five uh, conference. And I'm not biased at all because it's not like my alma mater is in the Sun Belt, but nonetheless. So I I mentioned that it it wasn't a pretty weekend for NKY football. And we even got someone on Twitter who, who, you know, emphasize that a little bit. But let's run through some of the some of the games. We'll start off with one A. 
Paintsville beat Bishop Brossert 42 to 16. Brossert, we knew that they had the defense to put some things together, that they had some of the weapons, but you know, you look at some of their results earlier in the season and yeah, they Paintsville obviously do it, getting the job done, winning by 26 points. Austin Schlater, nine of 20 for 105 yards and interception. Evan North, he had a touchdown, nine carries for 25 yards. Then am I reading this correctly that he had, he went one for one, eight yards in a score. Yes. So, yes. Through the air. So we Kentucky air NKY just has running backs who love to throw the ball. And then Nathan Schalk had four receptions for 60 yards and a score. So just an unfortunate end to the season for the Mustangs, but still a good season nonetheless. I mean, they're consistently really good. So that's nothing to hang their hat on, but another year where it's, 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 I hate to, I hate to, I hate to pose this question, but it's kind of another year or I guess statement, another year where you kind of wonder, all right, what's it going to take for Brosser to get over the hump and make a deep run and not end their season like this. But nonetheless, the team that could and is still making a run NCC with a big 50 to 13 win over Frankfurt, Colton Smith, seven of 10, 90 yards and two scores. Dimitri Welch getting it done again, eight carries buck, 19 yards and a touchdown. Luke Runyon, three carries, 58 yards, and two touchdowns. Caleb Cole, four carries, 49 yards, and a score. I mean, NCC just getting it done on the ground. And then Chad Atkins and Matthew Matthew Landrum both had receiving touchdowns, and Landrum added two interceptions, so he just can't stop catching the ball. But nonetheless, NCC, they move on. And then a roundout 1A, Kentucky Country Day, ended the fairy tale for the Dayton Green Devils. Landon Hopper, two of four for 89 yards. I'm t- it's just what the, the <laughs> passing rating he has to have. We we gotta look it up or see if there's a calculation of it. Uh he threw a touchdown and an interception, though. So <laughs> it's, I mean, numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of his incompletions was technically a completion. Had a 14 carries for 89 yards as well. So congrats uh, Mason Johnson, one reception for 80 yards and a score. And then Dylan Davis, 12 tackles, uh, seven by himself. Congratulations to the Green Devils. I mean, for a school like that, to get to the point of playing KCD, uh, their first home playoff win since 1998 this year, that's that's a team that's going to be remembered for a very long time. But 2A, Beachwood, they're getting it done. Similar to NCC, another state title contender. They beat Carroll County 62 to 14. Clay Hayden, 13 of 18 for 287 yards, four touchdowns. Did throw a pick, but he added a rushing touchdown as well. Chase Flaherty, 112 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. Cash Harney. He's I like I like that he's been implemented and he has a new role on this team. He ran for 94 yards and a pair of touchdowns. And then King Antonio, three receptions, 120 yards, touchdown. And he caught an interception. That's why Wake Forest is going to get him because their defense certainly needs it after how much Drake May went up and down the field against them. And then Liam McCormick and James Cusick both had receiving touchdowns as well. And then another two-way team that we're, we're still keeping an eye on, Lloyd shutting out Walton Verona in Walton, 41 nothing. Caleb Evans, one of one for 28 yards and a score. Caden Zalager, 16 carries for 119 yards and three touchdowns. 191 yards. Sorry, sorry about that, but still, I mean, I, I, I mean, he's, I mean, he's putting up those video game numbers in the playoffs, and that's what Lloyd needs. Isaiah Sebastian had seven carries for 52 yards, 
and a touchdown. And Tyler Copeland with the receiving touchdown and an interception. Elijah Westwood, 12 total tackles, nine by himself. So Beachwood, Lloyd, they move on. But nonetheless, Adam, do you want to take the 5A, 6A? Uh, yes, before we move on to that, uh, Isaiah Sebastian also had four interceptions on defense, including one pick six. And Lloyd's oh, my pick. God. Okay. So I did he not... just absolutely took over on the defensive end. I did not. Oh, my gosh. I thought I thought that said four interceptions as in he threw it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. insane. That's insane. And then I was about to question, how do you throw four interceptions and still win by 41 points? But that's how do you wow. keep throwing at him? when he has three interceptions, like what, what made Walton Verona think that was a good decision? Yeah. Like, uh, let's go after this yeah. guy again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At some point you got a game plan for who to go after, who did not go after. So just, that's how you get it done. I mean, that, that's, I love, I love seeing these stories of just the Ironman athletes. I mean, again, you look at someone like, I mean, Antonio Robinson is, is kind of an obvious case because he's a four, or he's a highly rated recruit coming into NKY playing in, with all due respect, class two A. So he's going to put up the, uh, some similar numbers to like that. But then you have players like Isaiah Sebastian who aren't getting recruited by power five schools and they're doing that. So any coaches listening, look at these players. They can do it on both sides of the ball. All right. And uh, moving on to five A, uh, Cubcath fell in a, in a rough game at Frederick Douglass, number one rated team in the state of Kentucky in 5A and one of the top teams in the state. Uh, they fell 33 to six on the road. A uh, rough day for their offense. Owen lead. Owen lean led, led them on the ground with 30 yards. Aiden Jones had a solid game on defense, two sacks, nine tackles, eight of those solo and five tackles for a loss. So he had a great game, but Cuffcath could not get it done on the road against one of the perennial uh, best teams in the state all season. Uh, and then Scott, Scott County with a, uh, I don't know if we would call this an upset, but I think we both picked Highlands to win in this one. Uh, Scott County getting the win 29-23 to 23 in Fort Thomas. Definitely a bit of a disappointing game there for the Bluebirds. Uh, we both thought they were probably the hottest team in the state, at least offensively, for the past 8, 9, 10 weeks. And Scott County was able to stop them. Uh, Brody Banky still had a pretty solid game, 18 of 36 through the air for 204 yards, a touchdown and an interception, added 58 rushing yards and a touchdown. Dawson Hosea added a rushing touchdown. Charlie Noon had seven catches for 75 yards, 25 rushing yards as well. Mateo Metalio had four catches for 65 yards and a touchdown. And on the defensive side of the ball for the Bluebirds, Adam Dunn had 20 tackles, 12 of those solo. So the Bluebirds return a decent amount of these a uh, decent amount of their offense uh, next season, but they're obviously going to lose Charlie Noon to graduation. I would not count out this Bluebirds team uh, for next season, though, bringing back Brody Banky especially. This Bluebirds team is definitely building something. Uh, don't let this loss uh, discount that in any way whatsoever. Highlands had a very, very good this year and very, very good season this year, and they're building back to where they were uh, is what it looks like and hopefully they can continue to do that. Uh, in 6A, Ryle uh, fell on the road to Ballard 26-14. to uh, Rough game for a junior quarterback, Logan Virax, 9-25 through the air, 145 yards and a touchdown, but three interceptions. He also added 32 rushing yards and a touchdown, so two total touchdowns for him. 
Uh, Jace Harden with a solid game, 71 receiving yards and 26 rushing yards for him. All right, and moving on to the uh, last game in 6A, uh, Simon Kenton fell at home to Trinity, 51-20. to uh, Simon Kenton started out hot in this game, but just could not keep up with the Shamrock offense. As always, they're top class in the state. Trinity played one of the toughest schedules in the nation year in and year out. This was always going to be a tough test for Simon Kenton. Uh, we we had some belief that they could get it done, but it seemed like they were just a bit overmatched in this game. And that'll end the uh, Simon Kenton career for, I, I would say, their best quarterback in school history in Chase Crone. Uh, he went 7 of 17 for 120 yards and interception, uh, 19 carries on the ground for 137 yards and two touchdowns for him. So he had a solid game on the ground, uh, and he's got his name all over the Simon Kenton record books, so people are not going to be forgetting him anytime soon, but definitely not the ending they were looking for this season. No, it was unfortunate that that, that they had to run into Trinity this early, which Again, at some point, we need to just schedule an episode and dedicate the entire time to how they can restructure the playoffs or how it makes sense. Yeah. But maybe maybe it's best better to wait because I know there's I, I forget what the, the deadline or what the news was. But there I mean, next year, we're going to see new districts, new classes, which we're going to see, I, I believe, if, if what I'm kind of reading on online like Highlands might move down to 4A, as will Cuffcalf potentially. So it'll be really interesting to see kind of what or which schools kind of go up and down. But also, oh, here, enrollment date for schools will be sent after the state finals. Then each school will tell the KHSAA if they want to, quote unquote, play up or not. Once that's done, they will draw the new districts for the next few years. New districts begin fall 2023. That is from Greg Spencer in the Northern Kentucky High School football Facebook group. And he's on the money with everything. So it's going to be really interesting to see what the new classes are. Um, I mean, again, some of the, some of the Northern Kentucky schools, again, for example, Boone County might move down Highlands, Cuffcath might move down. It, it really, I mean, I guess it really just depends on what the enrollment numbers look like. Cause there's only so much you can do who knows, but that, that also, maybe that also comes with a new playoff format, but nonetheless, uh, like you said, hats off to Chase Crone for a phenomenal uh, career with the Pioneers. And yeah, I think I agree with you. Has to be, I mean, he has to be up there. He's at least on the Mount Rushmore, but he has to be up there for greatest quarterback in Simon Ken's program history. But unfortunately, we, we talked a lot about the losses, which means there's only a couple of games in the 859 happening this weekend. Newport Central Catholic, they're 10 and 2. They face Kentucky Country Day, who's 9 and 2. And then two-way Shelby Valley will take on Beachwood and Breathitt County will take on Lloyd. So uh, it should be a couple of good games. NCC versus KCD will definitely be interesting, a good test because uh, the thoroughbreds are on the road. And then, of course, Lloyd with a chance to continue their season playing a team from Eastern Kentucky. And Adam, we connected the dots before we started recording. Breathitt County obviously had to go through a lot in late July dealing with the floods. So... This, that's definitely a, a, a fairy tale season that they're having. They're nine and two, and to be able to make a good playoff run after all they went through in the summer, uh, ha- again, hats off to them. And Beachwood, it, they're playing a good Shelby Valley team, but it's Beachwood. They should probably handle everything. As you know, when in doubt, it's going to be Beachwood. But Adam, I, I'm going to go ahead and just say it. I'm going to for predictions. I'll I'll say all the Northern Kentucky teams moving on, even though last week was bad. I think 
everybody that in the eight, the three eight five nine teams are. I think that they'll handle everything this weekend. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I, I would probably agree with you on that one, especially Beachwood and Lloyd being at home is absolutely huge for them. Both teams that they have are traveling a long way. Uh, Newcalf has to go to Kentucky Country Day, which I believe is in Louisville. Uh, so that's not too far of a trip for them. And Newcalf has been one of the best teams in all of 1A this season. Uh, kind of interesting that they don't have a home playoff game for this round, but it's probably because they play a tough schedule and that that's hurt them. Uh, but they're battle tested. They've faced Beachwood and Campbell County. Those are their only two losses this season. And they've handled very well uh, the teams in 1A. So I, I, I see Newcath going on the road there and getting it done. It'll be interesting to uh, see. I, I would say that, I mean, I wonder if NCC not having a home stadium may affect that as well. Maybe they, I don't know. Maybe it does come down to RPI. Who knows? Uh, KCD is ahead of them. RPI. Okay. All right. So there you go. There you have it. That's, that's, uh, that's what it is. Um, so that's, that's football talk. And we talked about last week, basketball is coming up. We're about two weeks away from tip off. So we're going to, again, start rolling out previews as soon as next week. We're hoping to have a couple of coaches on for some interviews for y'all as well as just overall previews. But there are some polls that have come out already from the Northern Kentucky Boys Basketball Coaches Association for the top 10. Number one, Covcath. Number two, Cooper. Number three, Lloyd. Four, Connor. Five, Holy Cross. Six, Highlands. Seven, Newport. Eight, Campbell County. Nine, Simon Kenton. And ten, saint henry adam i i i mean it's it's a it's a preview so or a preseason and i think in high school you can only i feel like in high school once you get after three or four it's they take your pick but uh what i guess what do you think of that i i think it's fair to put cuff up top cooper and lloyd at two and three i think those those two teams are just going to take switch off throughout the season and then of course matt Adi and the connor cougars are always going to be up there and then even Holy Cross at number five, Jacob Meyer, he's back there. And they've got other weapons as well. But what what do you see from that poll? Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a pretty even uh, season this year uh, as far as Northern Kentucky basketball. I don't think there's going to be one completely dominant team. I think Cubcath will probably be the best, and that's why they're ranked number one coming into the season. Also, Covcath has that pedigree that they deserve that number one ranking coming into pretty much every season and returning Evan Absaro is absolutely huge. He's favored to win the ninth region uh, MVP or uh, player of the year. Uh, Jacob Meyer will obviously have a say in that as will EJ Walker and Jeremiah Israel from uh, Lloyd. I really like that Lloyd team, but the one question with them will be their depth. Who do they have after their two big stars? And do they have a couple other role, role player guys, but I don't know how deep their bench is going to be. And that's where I think it starts to favor Cub Cath is when it comes to depth. I've heard they have a very good freshman class coming in. Uh, uh, Castle McGillis has a little brother that's a freshman, and as well as Donovan Bradshaw, who's the younger brother of uh, Lacey Bradshaw, just graduated from Notre Dame last year. Uh, so, yeah, Cub Cath looks like to be the team to beat this year coming into the season. But Cooper uh, should be very, very good. Uh, Jay Sean Pouncey, who played at Boone County last year and I believe played at Western Hills for football this season, is uh, transferring back to Cooper. He's already enrolled back there, but I don't believe the KHSA has come out on his eligibility ruling. 
But mm-hmm. as a sophomore at Boone County last year, he averaged a double-double, so that'll be absolutely huge with them. I, I believe he's 6'6", so to have him next to Caleb Brooks, that will be one of the best uh, front courts in all of Northern Kentucky, undoubtedly. And that's also where Cubcalf might struggle a little bit this year, which should be interesting because they obviously lost Mitchell Riley to graduation going to Miami of Ohio now and Chandler Starks, who uh, chose to play football over in Ohio this season. So... Cubcast bigs will be a question coming into the season, but I just think they have the most depth, so they deserve number one ranking. And then another team out of those five that you mentioned, outside of those five that you mentioned, that I think could be up there and that in like the top six that could really win on any given night in Northern Kentucky would be Newport. Uh, Newport <laughs> has so, so much potential. Uh, Taylor Kinney, a freshman, already has an offer from Texas A&M. I believe he has five or six total offers already. So already picking up SEC offers before he plays uh, his freshman year of high school basketball. He did play as an eighth grader last year, as well as James Turner, uh, who's also a freshman at Newport and has multiple D1 offers. So uh, this freshman class at Newport is absolutely special. And they have a couple of upperclassmen that are going to be pretty solid. But I don't know if they might be a year away, but I'm just saying be on the lookout for that Newport Wildcats team. Mm -hmm. Definitely agree. And then, the NKBBCA also had a top 10 players list, which I'll start from 10, 10 on up. Number 10, it's Brady Hussey. Number nine, Aiden Hamilton. Number eight, Cam Boyd. Seven, Caleb Brooks. Six, Will Harold. Five, Landon Hamilton. Four, Jeremiah Israel. Three, EJ Walker. Two, Evan Ipsaro. And one, Jacob Meyer. The Jacob Meyer and Evan Ipsaro debate is always, it's always really fun. Just to, I mean, when those two go at it, I mean, Evan Ipsaro so far come out on top, but Jake Meyer, he he went to prep school briefly, is now back in the 859 for Holy Cross. I don't think there's any debate to put him at the top. However, you got EJ Walker, who's getting power five offers. And the, the two players that you mentioned from Newport, not making it on here, but, you know, I, I mean, it, it with the experience, obviously, like, as you said, it's, it's, it right now, Newport has a lot of potential. The next step is actually putting that potential on the court. And we even saw with DJ Walker last year, he wasn't lighting up the scoreboard by any means, but he, and to be quite frank, he wasn't even, I mean, arguably not statistically their best player, but it, it's going to be interesting. This is going to be fun to watch EJ Walker also take that next step up, but all right. So just to wrap things up the episode, we're just going to have a kind of free for all, um, and I, we still have the notes or I still forgot to delete the notes from last last week. JMU does not suck at football anymore. They beat Old Dominion. They beat the crap out of Old Dominion. Unfortunately, one of my buddies had a like eight or nine leg parlay and he realized that J, the over in that game was 44 and a half and it finished 37 to three. And he found out that the only leg that missed was that he would have won, I believe, twelve or thirteen hundred dollars. So sorry about that. Um, and Adam, unfortunately, I think this one actually still applies. Louisville sucks at basketball. Um, yeah, Louisville falling to Appalachian State after a buzzer beater at uh, to win the game was waved off. And then a new addition to the Hall of Shame in college basketball is Cincinnati, as we talked about at the top of the episode. And funny enough, both schools, Louisville and UC. They're going to Maui, so I'm sure the Maui planners are loving the fact that those two are going to Maui. But, I mean, Adam, just talk about what this meant for NKU just overall, because obviously 
And before we were recording, I was saying that UC fans knew that this was going to be a really tough game and a game that they were very much going to lose. But to score 11 points and a half is a huge testament to the suffocating defense that NKU plays and and just to the program in general. And also you got players like Sam Vincent who are local, who are, you know, it continues the trend. You know, you had Drew McDonald. Now it's Sam Vincent. And it's really cool to see the Northern Kentucky players stay and put on for the Norse. But just talk about what this means for NKU in, in general, because for UC, it's uh, they've been down for a little while, especially. I mean, people said they were down during the McCronin years. And unfortunately, the answer to can it get worse is yes for them. But for NKU, I, and as you said, just a program defining win. Yeah, uh, definitely a program defining win. And it's just fun to watch that program grow and how they do it and how Darren Horn's been recruiting. He's been really recruiting and focusing in the state of Kentucky, which is the most fun part to see. As you mentioned, Sam Vincent from right around here, Highlands High School. Uh, we covered him during his senior season when they went on that magical state championship run. Uh, another one of their biggest scorers, Marquez Warwick. He's from Henry Clay High School in Lexington. He had 22 last night. Uh, Trayvon Faulkner, also a starter, one of their key key players a senior leader on that team he's from i believe harrodsburg kentucky uh isaiah mason from bowling green uh Della Hupman from cove calf uh mitchell minor from scott's on the team i mean they're filled with kentucky kids up and down the roster so it, it's just really cool to see that you can do it that way too you don't have to go out of state to get a solid group of players uh in around here to compete with a big team like Cincinnati. And it's really fun to see all of that come to fruition because it's been building for, I mean, we've been in division one for six years. We've won three uh, conference championships, I believe, and made made two NCAA tournament appearances because one of them was during the COVID year, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So we would have, would have had three, but to get a program to finding win like that is just absolutely massive on so many levels, especially for future recruiting for Darren Horn. Um, uh, it shows that you can go get that quality win. We can beat teams like Cincinnati and it shows that maybe they could make a tournament run if they get a good matchup come March, which is so exciting. Mm -hmm. The really exciting times. And just before we started recording Murray state defeated Texas A&M Western Kentucky's doing its thing again. It, it, you know, we're we it's a, it's a it's a huge huge week, huge season so far for the mid-majors schools in northern or in Kentucky in general, which is awesome because I, the joke is always that you always see Kentucky sh- or UK shirts, Louisville shirts on, you know, schools like Murray State, Eastern, Western, Northern and and now it's kind of like okay, these schools their programs are flipping that and it's like, hey, for, for a school like NKU, put on for NKU. Don't put on for UK. Come on now. You know, I mean, I would love to see NKU face UK, by the way. I think that'd be really interesting. Um that would Kentucky. Be, I, I could I could see that happening. Uh Walker Horn is actually a walk on at uh at UK now. He's a freshman. So that's the son of uh Darren Horn, NKU's coach. So uh I'm hoping that there's going to be a little game brewing by the end of his career. So Hopefully. look out that for that in the next four years. Yeah. Or, I mean, I'm sure the NCAA would love to schedule something like that. If Kentucky can, if Kentucky yeah. can get, I mean, I guess it depends on how NKU does. Cause if they run the table, 
I'd rather the rest not of the draw Kentucky in March Madness if that's what you're saying. But <laughs> didn't that didn't that happen? No, no, no. no. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that already yeah, happens. We don't need that. Would be we, that'd be pretty fun. <laughs> I mean, from an outsider perspective, because basketball's not fun so far. Unless you're talking about the JMU Dukes, who are undefeated, and I, we play UNC coming up. I believe it's Sunday, if I'm not mistaken. So I mean, we'll see what if if JMU goes and beats number one ranked North Carolina in basketball, you might not hear me for a very long time. And <laughs> but it, we'll we'll have to see what happens. Obviously, um, JMU right now is four and zero. They've beaten the crap out of everybody. They've scored at least ninety five points in every game, and that ninety five was the lowest they scored. They beat a team called Valley Forge, who I, I don't even I think they're NAIA to open the year, 123 to 38. And then they beat Hampton a buck 06 to 58, Buffalo 97-92, and then Howard 95-69. And then, you know, that's that's good preparation for North Carolina, who <laughs> they have to go down to Chapel Hill to face. But hey, we'll we'll see what happens. And then I, it, according to Jamie's website, they play at Coastal Georgia. Who I know for a fact is not Division One, or at least I don't think they are. So I'm really interested to see why that's an away game, or I don't know. I, I mean, I know it costs a lot of money to put a FBS school or FBS football team out, but are we not doing buy games anymore? I don't know. But nonetheless, fun times for our both of our uh, the schools that we actually attend. Well, you attended Louisville, but you know the schools that we're going to graduate from. But you, we, I brought up UK. UK lost to Michigan State this week, and Michigan State's a really good team. And honestly, I think UK is pretty good. I actually think that if there's any team that I've seen in the past couple of years, and you know, the pressure is mounting on Calipari, whether or not his lifetime contract negates that pressure, the fans are starting to sort of turn. I mean, they've already started it. Let's be real, but they're starting the question: Okay, is it time to? move on because whether or not Calipari is it's so far at least he's done a good job of adjusting with nil i mean shashevsky and roy williams retired and obviously they were getting up there in age but you also kind of saw the time like looking at the timing of it when nil becomes a factor the transfer portal becomes a factor you're i mean with transfer portal you're not only recruiting out of high school you have to re-recruit every player every year just to make sure that they're not going to leave. I mean, you look at Walker Kessler, who went to Auburn from UNC. I, why? I mean, beats me. I mean, I know Auburn's a really good program recently, but is, just because he didn't start right out of the gate at UNC, and let's just be real, is, is a school like UNC, are you shocked you're not starting right out of the gate as a true freshman? But nonetheless, I think it's going to be really interesting, especially if this year does not go to plan for Calipari. I think next year would be the year to watch if something happens and maybe I don't know, maybe if it goes, if it goes really bad this year and the sec is really good, you got, you know, Arkansas, Auburn, that's all I can really think of from the sec, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. I forgot. Tennessee's good. Uh, Rick Barnes doing his thing there, but I think this is the year where Calipari either, if he puts up another year where they get they are a two seed and let's say they don't lose to St. Peter's again, but they get maybe bounced in the sweet 16 or something like that. I think that buys him another year. But if they 
either i mean if they get upset again they're for sure going to have to like mitch barnhart has to have a conversation about whatever is going on or maybe i don't think they would fire him if they get to a two seed but i think it would starting to look and say all right i think fans would probably agree consensus wise it's probably time to move on but adam what do you think i know i mean we we love to make fun of Cal and just as non-UK fans looking on the outside, the outside looking in, it's always fun to kind of joke about that. But what do you what do you think for Cal? Like how, I mean, what does he have to do this year? And obviously, winning is the answer. But do you think that there's a chance that the pressure is going to mount, and maybe by this time next year, we're talking about a different coach? Uh, I don't know if it's that close, but you can tell just like from people's reactions around the state and all through all the media and everything that the pressure is definitely starting to grow on him. And it's taken a while uh, because, I mean, he's obviously won a national title in 2012. He's been to multiple final fours, but it's been a few years since he's made a deep run in the postseason. And these last few years have been very disappointing for UK fans. And they're not used to having that. Uh, when the COVID season happened, you know, you were able to just chalk that up as COVID year. Who cares? Throw that out of the rule, out of the record book. But last year, that that one definitely stung for UK fans uh, when they were clearly one of the best teams in the nation going into the tournament and losing to a team like St. Peter's. That's that's a rough one to get over. Uh, and I don't know. Uh, I saw some overreactions on Twitter from this Gonzaga game or not the Gonzaga game, the Michigan State game. And I, I think that's a little bit premature, as as you said. Michigan State's a really solid team. Uh, they went, they had a one point game, one point loss to Gonzaga just the other night. I know Gonzaga just got blown out by Texas last night, so it doesn't look great right now. But I, I think this Kentucky team will be fine. Usually early in the season, Kentucky takes a few weeks to get going. I mean, Sheboy didn't even play in their first couple of games. He had his first game back, uh, first Michigan State, so having him come back in that big of an environment is not ideal. Uh, They're a very experienced team and CJ Frederick is going to be the heartbeat of that team. I I love how Cal is using him so far this year. He's just their go-to guy for making the right pass. He's always going to make the right decision and he's not going to make any mistakes. I believe he's had one turnover through the first four games. I mean, he hasn't been lighting it up uh, scoring wise, but he doesn't need to, if you're not, if you're just not making mistakes out there because you're making the team better. And that's what I think Kentucky's been missing over the past few years uh, since Calipari's uh, gone really all in on this, uh, all in on these like superstar uh, recruits because he's just worried about getting five stars and he's not necessarily worried about having a guy in a role to distribute while on the court with those guys, having a leader out there to help make the right decisions and all these moves. So I know Kentucky is a huge superclass coming in next year, but with huge superclass comes huge egos. And how can he manage that? I know he's done it before, but he's also had multiple superclasses that have not gone well. Gone well. So I think next year is going to be a huge test for him uh, when it comes to that. And I, I think you got to at least make it past the Sweet 16 in one of the next two seasons, or there's going to be legitimate talk. But, and it could be justified of moving on from him. Mm-hmm. Well, right now, Kentucky is playing South Carolina State at Rupp Arena. They're up 35-22. And guess who's leading the way for the Wildcats? It's C.J. Frederick. He's got 11 points, three of five field goals. Um, but one player that I love watching, and I, I just I've, I watched the Michigan State game 
and I watched a little bit of their first other first other game or other games, I should say. Cason Wallace. I love the way he plays. I love the way he plays on defense, how physical he is. And it just, I mean, he had a bunch of steals. He almost had a double double with points and steals. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the type of player that I I think will in in, him and CJ Frederick are the types of players that make Kentucky go round. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think I agree with you. I think that's probably the most realistic take is you make it to the, you got to make it past or at least make it to the elite eight either in these next two years. And I know it's, it's championship or bust with UK, which for, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, I guess that's why you pay athletic directors because it, realistically, you're not going to win every year, but 2012 was a long time ago. It was, I mean, we were at immaculate heart of Mary or you were at least when UK won, I was still in Ohio technically, but um, yeah, that's, I, 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 I guess I get the fans frustration when you're a team like Kentucky, you got to win every year or whatnot, but, it's just not going to happen, but I, I agree with you. And you mentioned Superclass. Obviously, they got the big recruitment of DJ Wagner choosing UK over Louisville, which I, I, I <laughs> I'm surprised that he let it get to that point. He he should know that bringing your final two down as a number one two or number one recruit to Kentucky and Louisville, that's you're going to get hated by a fan base. I shouldn't say hate. I don't. I'd, I'd hope people don't really hate a, an 18 year old for a decision. Um, but speaking of Kentucky and speaking of Kyle Perry, and I'll bring Kyle Perry into this in a second, Kentucky football, not football exactly. Yeah, not exactly going to plan as everybody was heading into this year. Everybody thought Will Levis was a dark horse Heisman candidate. Not everybody thought he was one of the first quarterbacks to be taken off the board. I surely hope not. And considering the very public and embarrassing spat, that Stoops had with Calipari about, oh, I've had results. I've gone nine and three or whatever, acting like that's a flex to win the Outback Bowl or whatever it is, um, or whatever. No, no disrespect. Actually, yeah, you know, a little bit of disrespect because you can't do that as as the football coach of UK. But they give them credit. The UK football has taken huge strides under Stoops, but to then come out and. I mean, you get blown out by Tennessee, who, to be fair, they're knocking on the door of the playoffs, so you can't really... I mean, Tennessee's really good, but for the hype that UK had coming into this, you would hope you score more than six points against one of your arch rivals. You lose to Ole Miss by three. Okay, tough game. You lose to South Carolina by 10 at home, and South Carolina's not very good. You lose to Tennessee again by 38 points. You barely beat Missouri, which in a way game, all right, always a tough one to win in Como. But then you come back and lose at home to Vanderbilt, and you're you sit at six and four, so you're bowl eligible. But your next two games are against Georgia, so let's just, I mean, if UK beats Georgia, then I I I, I don't know. I, I was gonna say a bet or some sort of bet, but I don't even I don't it's even know what happen. I could bet. It's not gonna happen. Georgia's going to go in there and win. So you're six and five. And it's not at the beginning of the season, I would have said, okay, UK is going to beat Louisville. I don't know if that's going to happen either. So imagine if they go six and six after having all this hype. And again, for Mark Stoops to publicly come at the coach of Kentucky. And yes, Calipari maybe should have been phrased his words a little bit better, but Cal's not wrong. And John Calipari is John Calipari. He's going to say stuff like that. And 
Kentucky, and we've talked about this many times, Kentucky is always going to be a basketball state, no matter what, no matter how good the University of Kentucky football is. You cannot erase the amount of basketball craziness that runs through every single person in this in the Commonwealth. So, for the, I mean, Adam, that's I mean, I, I hope I'm not being hyperbolic here. That, that's just a terrible look for Stoops, and it, I guess not many people are going to put the pieces together and say, "Oh, those such him and Cal Perry fighting." isn't that big of a deal that has nothing to do with this football game. And, and, and no, it doesn't, but you, you got to walk the walk. And if Luke fickle and Wes Miller went at it, I would be embarrassed to be a fan because wh- you don't want two employees who get paid millions of dollars fighting each other in the, in public or not in uh, or okay. For, or not actually fighting each other, but going at each other. It's like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. I mean, they're just creating unnecessary drama that just stirs up the pot. And I don't understand why either of them did it. Uh, yeah. I mean, as you said, Calipari could have worded his comments a little bit better, but that's, I didn't even think John they were Calip- that terrible yeah, in the that, first that's place. Who John Calipari is. And I think most people agreed with him. I mean, I don't think he was directly trying to take a shot at the football team there. No, 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 no. Come off a little bit that way, but everybody who is been in Kentucky ever, or around the program knows that this is a basketball state and Kentucky's one of the most historic basketball programs in the entire nation, let, let alone just around here. I mean, and yeah, it, Stoops has done a good job the past few years at Kentucky. He's really brought him back to relevance really because Kentucky football was down for so many years and now they're back playing in bowl games very consistently, getting some big wins, playing in some good big matchups, playing in some key games, but he hasn't gotten over that hump yet to, you know, make a BCS bowl game or really be challenging for the playoffs or for an SEC title. And until he does that, you you can't be saying that you're a football school. I mean, that's just. Until you win nine or eight national championships. No, you cannot say you're a football school. Yeah. I mean, it was just unnecessary and it's going to tear the fan base into taking sides on that and you just why you don't want that you don't want problems within your fan base when it's just unnecessary you're all on the same team anyway you're rooting for both teams you don't want fighting in between the teams it's just a bad look as high as ranks as number seven in the country and what a i mean just i know we're supposed to be unbiased actually let me cut that off as high as ranked as number seven in the country, and now they're staring at seven and seven and five, or I guess technically they can go eight and four as a best case scenario. And if that scenario happens, they beat Georgia, then yeah, we'll, we'll we'll reel back and say, all right, Stoops, all right, I see you, but also you can't erase losing to Vanderbilt and losing to Ole Miss. I think they were, I don't know if they were they were a six and a half point favorite, I believe, or. I, I can't remember what it was, but I remember that was a game that a lot of people talked about in betting, which was, you know, because it was at Ole Miss, it was in Oxford, and Kentucky was the higher-ranked team, blah, blah, blah. But I agree with you. It, it, it's it's just you, you can't do that. It only splits the fan base. And again, if I remember correctly, and I don't have the Cal Perry's original comments up top, I agree with you. I don't think they were even taking a shot at the football team. I think he was just kind of being – it was like one of those moments where – someone says something that might be true, but you probably shouldn't say it 
and it's but it's kind of like you always have the defensive well show me that i'm wrong and as of right now cal perry is not wrong but i think all would be forgiven of course they lose if they lose to georgia and i'm only saying if because there are crazier things that have happened if they beat louisville maybe go to a bowl game you finish another eight win season which for kentucky winning eight games in a season that that is i mean it's pretty good for them but also, just disappointing considering what they were coming into this season with. But, Adam, anything else to say before we wrap things up and get going? Uh, I, I think I'm good to go. Uh, another exciting week of high school football playoffs coming up. Uh, let's hope we can get some wins uh, this week. Mm-hmm. Definitely looking forward to another week of football and hopefully some 8-5-9 wins. We had a couple last week, but a lot more losses, which was unfortunate. But nonetheless... Like we said in the middle of the episode, basketball's on the horizon. It's the most wonderful time of the year. We're basketball commonwealth, and that'll never change. For Adam Conradi, I'm Noah Ziegler. Thank you very much for listening.